Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to this special edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and for those of you who have been uh, listeners in the past, thank you for joining me for this episode. Uh, but for any first-time listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in for this uh, special topic. Uh, just a little bit about myself. Um, I started this podcast about eight months ago so that I could review uh, the new show, Star Wars Resistance. And that show and this podcast uh, were both heavily influenced by what I'm going to talk about today, and that is Star Wars Rebels. Um, First of all, thank you to Joan Marie Macias for coming up with hashtag Rebels Remembered, uh, so that today, being March 5th, uh, the one-year anniversary of the finale of Rebels, uh, that it's a chance for those of us who are fans to share stories, art, pictures, memories, just whatever. This is something I had in mind to do anyway, to do a special edition of my show, uh, because the finale was a very special episode to me. Uh, Family Reunion and Farewell was just a powerful episode, and the ending is something I still think about a lot today. So I thought this would be a great chance to talk about it and give uh, the kudos that are appropriate to everyone involved. So I hope you'll sit back and enjoy uh, as I reminisce a little bit. Not doing an episode review, uh, that's normally what I do for Resistance. This is just talking about what was important to me and in some cases to my family on the show. Now, I talked about Rebels in my very first episode. I spent the entire time just reviewing my history with Star Wars, uh, having been a lifelong fan, and how important the Disney purchase was back in 2012, and that it meant more Star new Star Wars material. <laughs> And what made it extra special was um, that was about the same time that we had our uh, first son, and Star Wars Rebels became his introduction to Star Wars. That was the first thing he watched. His first toy was a little plush chopper, and we bought him the ghost. We bought him some of the figures. He had blankets. Uh, I was planning to share those pictures on uh, Twitter for the anniversary today. I was excited about the show because, again, it was new material. And I, even though I didn't watch The Clone Wars season per season due to a uh, busy life at the time I was going back to school, I uh, did binge watch it when the series was over, and I loved it. But Rebels presented a chance to watch week by week, and follow along with the story, and I was very excited about that, besides getting to watch it with him. And, yes, we got familiar characters show up on the show. We had Leia, Lando, Yoda, Obi-Wan, R2 and 3PO. We got that familiarity. We had Tarkin, uh, Vader, and the Emperor. So you could easily place it in the timeline. You knew what you were looking at, But it was so new. They presented such great new characters. 
and brought back some of the favorites from the Clone Wars, some of whom had exploded in popularity and, as I'll mention, they're even more popular. They're transcending the show now. But before I go any further, I have to give a recognition to the the main cast. Vanessa Marshall as Hera. Freddie Prince Jr. as Kanan. Steve Bloom as Zeb. Tia Sakar as Sabine. Taylor Gray as Ezra. As we found out, Dave Filoni as Chopper. Uh, D. Bradley Baker came back to play Rex and the Clones. Uh, David Oilowo. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, as Agent Callus, uh, Stephen Stanton, in several roles that were memorable. And everyone else who worked on the show, uh, you had Billy D. Williams come back to play Lando in McDermott as the Emperor. Ashley Eckstein came back as Ahsoka. I'm, I'm going to feel bad if I leave anybody out, because there were so many great people on this show. And of course we have to give credit to Dave Filoni who was uh, the creator and the executive producer, directed a lot of episodes. Uh, He and his crew were amazing. They had input from George Lucas, of course. So many great people contributed to this show. And one thing I really loved was that when they had the Rebels Recon show with Andy Gutierrez and Pablo Hidalgo each week after the episodes aired, we got to sit down with the actors and the creators and find out more about them and what their thought process was each week. And that made it even more special. We got to have that connection with everyone. And it's become that way with Resistance. Uh, I follow it more closely because I'm reviewing it. But the people on that show, we, we get that exposure to them and what they feel about the character. And they've been very open on social media about responding to the fans, and that's been very important. Again, we had the mix of classic characters. We had these new characters. We had returning ones from the other animation. Uh, It just came together for tremendous four seasons. Again, I'm going to talk about the finale. This is what is most memorable to me. Um, I I look forward to seeing other people's, uh, whether they're doing podcasts or articles, uh, what's their favorite episode, uh, why, Uh, what was important to them. I I can't wait to see that. Um, I'm going to mention what my son's favorite was in just a minute. But mostly this will be about family reunion and farewell. And what it, the legacy it left. Uh, But I will run through some other episodes that were enjoyable and memorable for us. A Spark of Rebellion, the pilot. We got introduced to all these characters. Before I forget, the fact that the animation was based on original Ralph McQuarrie art and had that style, it was a departure from the Thunderbirds style on the Clone Wars, and different yet from what we would get eventually with Resistance being more traditional um, well, 2D animation, even though it's got a lot of depth to it, and very Robotech style. Uh, but we got that classic Star Wars look of, from when it was being conceived, Zeb, of course, was based on the original original design for Chewie. Chopper, uh, with his appendages, was based on an original concept for R2. Uh, just all those ideas they were able to bring back. The fact they used that Kenner toy Imperial transport in the show, where the people hang off the side. Just 
the amount of sources they used to bring this world together uh, was so wonderful. And the fact we got introduced to a new planet with Lothal. And <clears throat> I will get to it, but did not expect that to remain the focus. Uh, but I'm glad it did, because it caused us to care about it more. But again, Spark of Rebellion started it all. Uh, you got introduced to these characters, and we started to like them immediately. Uh, you had Empire Day. I loved it because you know it established that Ezra was born on Empire Day, actually within hours of Luke and Leia, if you think about it. And also the fact they made the Imperial March a canon musical piece within that galaxy. Uh, and they reused that in Solo, uh, a Star Wars story. I thought that was a brilliant touch. I mean, I liked the series from the beginning, but I, what grabbed me was Fire Across the Galaxy, the season one finale, when you had Tarkin taking Kanus to Mustafar and having uh, their first major space battle on the show. And then the reveal at the ending, of course, where this little band of rebels was just one cell, and then there was a growing alliance. And even though we had seen him earlier in the series, they met Bell Organa, found out his involvement. And then we got the reveal that Sokotano was still with us and that she was a part of the rebellion. I was pleased to see her back. Again, I didn't watch Clone Wars on a weekly basis, so perhaps the episode where she walked away from the Jedi Order wasn't as powerful to me, but it was to a lot of people. And a lot of people grew up loving that character. And the response I saw on social media from them to see their reaction to her returning was that pleased me that this next generation has characters like that that they love. Then we get moving on to The Call, my son's favorite episode. He was two to three at the time this one came out. He loved the space whales. It had its own reputation online, which is okay. I liked aspects of it. I liked the Mining Guild and their modified TIE Fighters, and the fact that Force abilities could translate into communication with other creatures, other sentient beings. Um, it expanded the concept of the Force a lot, which the whole show did. But he loved Space Wells. I kept that in my DVR so that he could go back and watch Space Wells. I thought, well, that was a fun one-off episode. They can jump to hyperspace naturally. Perhaps that's how, you know, they discover it technologically in this galaxy. Little did I know that his favorite episode would play such a factor in the ending. And it also that episode also proved to me that there is no such thing as a throwaway episode when Dave Filoni and these creators are involved. As I've been reviewing Resistance, every little thing that you think may be throwaway, or if you consider anything a throwaway episode, no, it's not. Uh, that will come into play later. Shroud of Darkness was memorable to me because we got Yoda, and Frank Oz returned uh, to have that Force connection, which is very much a precursor to The Last Jedi for the people who were befuddled by that, that Jedi power to astral project yourself, but to have Yoda have those conversations with Kanan and Ezra and know that he is aware of them. But my favorite shot of the whole episode was 
Ahsoka looking back and waving, and Yoda waving at her. That, just a very powerful moment to me. Honestly, what may be the best episode of the series was Twilight of the Apprentice, where they discover Maul, and Vader shows up in the Inquisitors, and all this Jedi and Sith mythology. I can barely do the show justice talking about it, but just the pure force battles that were happening. And of course, what happened to Ahsoka? That was the, the lingering question that was resoundingly answered. Uh, twin Sons, I have to, I ha of course have to mention it. The final showdown between Maul and Obi-Wan in just classic samurai style. Oh, it was just beautifully done. Sam Witwer and Stephen Stanton owned that scene. And just understanding the, um, what we found out was the importance of Ezra uh, as he went on this journey uh, with his friend Chopper nearby and uh, what he realized as far as his part in the story. Uh, zero Hour. The Battle of Adalon, I think if that was in live action, would I, I would put a top three, perhaps, in space battles, or just overall battles because of what happened on the ground. Um, of course we got, <clears throat> by, by now we had Thrawn, uh, who, you know, such a popular character, I mean, he was, and I talked about it on my first episode, Heir to the Empire was such an important pull for the us longtime fans who thought it was... It wondered would it come back, and it came back resoundingly with literature. Uh, so to have Thrawn in the series, um, again the battles, the sacrifice of Commander Sato, uh, the escape to Yavin, uh, it's such a milestone moment for the rebellion. And then the Bendu's prophecy um, about Thrawn's defeat which I will get to. Uh, a World Between Worlds is, is such a mind-blowing episode. You know, the question of can you change fate? And then the return of Ahsoka, that she was pulled out of that battle and that she is out there somewhere. At that point, we thought, well, maybe that's it for her in the series. Um... But no, it wasn't. And of course it established the Emperor's connection to Ezra, which was paid off very soon after that. So th those are just some of the other episodes that are very memorable to me for various reasons. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention all the Mandalorian connections on the show that was started in Clone Wars. Uh, the fact you had uh, Sabine as a major character uh, with Mandalorian ties um, and hopefully what we saw I'm not going to go into it here because um, it's not really the focus but they kept building on the history and current status of that planet to the point hopefully when the Mandalorian TV show comes out later this year uh, that we will see the live action version of some of these characters could we see Katie Sackhoff as Bo-Katan, Kevin McKidd as Fen Rao? 
uh, uh, Ursa and Ulrich Wren, the parents of Sabine. At some point, if you're interested, I plan to do an episode where I just talk about the Mandalorians. That's where I will talk about the episodes from Clone Wars and um, from Rebels as a basis for understanding the Mandalorian or what we hope to see in the series. Uh, but I was, even though the focus was on this band of rebels and liberating their planet that is home to at least one of them, and the le- uh, lingering survival of the Force uh, on the light side and the concepts of the Force, still had time to put in the Mandalorians, and uh, that was enjoyable and planted the seeds for what I think we're going to see very soon. So that's kind of a background. But I'll spend the rest of my time today talking about family reunion reunion and farewell and why it was so important. To fully appreciate it, you do have to watch A Fool's Hope and pair it with the finale because it set up so much that happened in this episode. I'm, uh, just for time considerations, I didn't include that. It's just about the finale and specifically the ending. But what turned out to be a great thing about this series, we all had our preconceived ideas or hopes about what the series would become. Well, we thought, okay, we're going to follow this band of rebels, and then they'll join the Alliance, and then it'll be about the broader scope that maybe we'll see you know, what how they tied into the Battle of Yavin once Rogue One came out. You know, how will they uh, be involved in the Battle of Scarif and the entire plot of the Death Star. It wasn't about that. It was about home and family. The fact that even though they left Lothal and did other missions, it all came back to that. It all came back to freeing Ezra's home. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. I I did not expect the series to go that way. I thought well, maybe the last season will show the Battle of Scare from their perspective, and then the ending of the series will be preparing for you, uh, the Death Star attack on Yavin. But no, it was about bringing the family together to do this final mission. And it was beautiful. And the fact they brought everyone back together, both the returning Clone Wars characters and the uh, established characters from this show. It wasn't about Luke and Leia and Lando and all them. It was about this family of new characters. Even though, I mean, I, I didn't even mention him, but the, that Kanan had already sacrificed himself to save more people than he thought. Uh, you had the ghost crew. You had Rex and uh, Wolf and Gregor, Hondo Anaka and uh, Melch. Uh, you had Agent Callus, Hot Callus, uh, as as he was by then. Uh, Ketsu Onyo, Vizago, Ryder Azadi, Mart Matten. All these characters they created, they paid off all of them. Uh, even on the the Imperial side, you had Thrawn and Rook. Uh, Governor Price. Of course, the Inquisitors um, had already been dealt with at this point, and Callus had defected. But 
I mean, that, that's brilliant, that. And again, there's no throwaway episode. They brought, they built these characters, they gave us a reason to care about each of them, and they brought them back together for one final mission together, and it was great. I'm trying not to get too emotional as I uh, talk to you today, but the show doesn't mean that much to me. I hope I can make it through the ending, because, again, uh, what happens at the ending, I think about quite a bit, and it makes me feel that way um, when I do think about it. Moving on, though, the relationship between Ezra and Sabine was a great payoff to the series. I mean, they started out kind of antagonistic, you thought. Um, eh, ages aside, you wondered, you know, would they wind up together as a couple, that sort of thing. But uh, they became very much like brother and sister at some point, but it, it was more than that. It was just they had this understanding about what needed to be done and what they could do for each other. There was nothing more than that. And all they had to, like in the final episode, all they had to do was give each other a look. And, and they knew. Now, this would be a great point to mention. The thing about Rebels, again, was not only, you know, what would be the conclusion of the series, would it be about the, the Alliance, but everyone thought, well, these characters aren't in the movies, so I assume they all die. Because Ezra and Kanan have to die. They're, Yoda mentions that there's no other Jedi. Um, and that was reinforced with Rogue One when all of the main cast were killed in very heroic and memorable ways. So, you're watching the series thinking, okay, well, we're, we're growing very attached to these characters, but what will be their final fate? You know, will, will, what grand sacrifice will they make for the Rebellion? Because you just assume that you know, we haven't seen them again. But the way they not only survived and some concluded their story, but some have, uh, have a story yet to be told. And again, just brilliant by Dave Filoni. You knew he was th thinking all of this from the beginning. Um, I have to, for just singular shots, uh, the special mission that uh, Mart and the others go on, just that beautiful shot of the ghost uh, cruising along the landscape of Lothal with the Loth Wolves, who have already served a great purpose on the show. Uh, that's something I will remember a lot, too. But again, this isn't an episode review. I'm not going after it a uh, little bit by little bit. But just the grand plan that Ezra came up with that to remove the Imperial base from the capital and understanding they have to take down the shields led to a great battle where we did have sacrifices. But again, you're thinking, oh, well, this is where Zeb dies. Um, you know, it, it was unfortunate to have to think that way because you you figure there there will be sacrifices, but no, there there were some. But what we got was even grander and even better. But Ezra had his ultimate plan: the space whales, the purgles, 
were a part of him, part of the Force. And the fact they were able to come and help him and fulfill the Bindu's prophecy of Thrawn's defeat being wrapped in those arms. I mean, the fact... This is the first time we've had a true conclusion to a Star Wars series like this. Yes, you had the ending of Return of the Jedi, which uh, in the special editions was made even more final with the celebration of multiple worlds. But we knew there was uh, you know, a story yet to be told. There was always a possibility of episodes 7 through 9, which we are in the middle of now. Clone Wars, as we know, did not get a proper finale. May yet. And that is to come. But at the time, Rebels would be the first time we got a true finale. That this is the end of their story. And for all the characters to have their role, but for Ezra to have that even greater role, to sacrifice himself, not in death, but in appearance, uh, to defeat one of their greatest enemies uh, with the help of almost nature itself, that had not been done in Star Wars. And that was a great thing. Um, You, know, you think about Ezra's words, I have to see this through to the end. And then telling Sabine, I'm counting on you. She didn't know at first what that meant exactly. But Ezra grew into such a great character. And he was just so naive in the Force at the beginning, needed the guidance of Kanan. <laughs> and it's... Heed the words of Yoda in The Last Jedi. Um... They are, we are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. And what Ezra grew beyond Canaan uh, was uh, very special. And again, it was all about liberation and protection. So they repelled the empire from the planet. They saved Lothal. They wrapped up the series. And I would have been happy if the ending was, all right, we saved the planet, we'll stay as, as protectors, because the Empire is probably coming back at some point. If that had been the, the actual ending of the episode of the series, I would have been completely satisfied. But then we got the epilogue. And again, can I stop thinking about it? As, we, as I said, we haven't ever before gotten a true finale to a Star Wars series. We also have never gotten anything like this epilogue, where it's like at the end of movies where they have the, the cards, like at Animal House or American Graffiti by George Lucas, um, where it tells what the fates of the characters were. No, we got to see it. And the beautifully done voiceover by Tia Sakar, who I love that she had to record it that a year in advance of the release. Uh, it's on YouTube. Try to wa uh, try to find the Star Wars Rebels finale press conference Q&A where pretty much the entire cast was watching it, watching the finale for the first time too. And they were as much in shock of the revelations, but that's when they revealed that 
Dave had Tia record that so long ago, and she had to keep it a secret the entire time. But to hear Sabine give the narration, it's almost like how the final word in the Lord of the Rings series was not Frodo or Bilbo, it was Sam. You know, the companion on the journey uh, who grew to be, in many ways, the leader. Uh, it's Sabine's, she took, she, you know, she tried to heed Ezra's words as the protector, as the guardian, with his lightsaber. But, you know, they reveal the attack never happened because, clearly, after this, the Emperor had greater things to worry about than retaking Lothal. But we find out, no, not only is this after that, this is after the Battle of Endor, after the end of the war. Uh, just to hear that on screen was incredible. That No, this is it. They're in peacetime, so they can go about their lives now. Uh, and then the shot that Lothal is free and clean again. After all the industrial imaginations of the Empire, uh, it's returning to, to its natural state. As it was so much in the, fir in the first season. And we get a proper ending to Zeb and, and Callus. Um, I didn't even mention it, but the episode uh, that was uh, very much an enemy mine uh, tribute, uh, where they saw through their differences and, and became friends to where Callus thought he had eradicated Zeb's people, but he didn't, and he went to live with them. Uh, so they got a true conclusion. Now Hera's interesting because she was the first clue that they, were, they, they might survive. Because while the series was going on, we saw her on the Freemaker Adventures, the Lego series. We saw her in Forces of Destiny. We hear her name mentioned in Rogue One. We see the ghost in Chopper. So we know that they're still out there. Um, so they gave us hope for Hera that she would make it what we didn't know was that she and Kanan would continue through Jason. Uh, we got the reveal of Spectre 7, and I love that, if you remember, they did not put this online, this episode online early. Uh, I think it was when it was aired on Disney. It was the first time everyone got to see it, and almost immediately after that reveal of Jason, the Star Wars Twitter site tweeted out, yes, it's spelled the way you think. That, that was great. I love that. But then you get Sabine. And her voiceover and the recording that Ezra left for them. I can't stop thinking about the Shawshank Redemption. I'm spoiling a 20-year-old movie that's on TNT every other weekend. Um, but it's when uh, Red finally gets paroled and finds the letter from Andy and uh, Andy says uh, you've made this much of a journey uh, can you make another one for me to come find me and that's what Ezra was telling Sabine even though she didn't really fully understand it at the time was he was counting on her to bring him back home and then uh, Red's voiceover at the very end of the movie 
uh, talking about how nervous he is for this uh, journey, where he just wants to see his friend. And Sabine's words were very much the same. It was time to bring Ezra home. But she's not, she's not going to be alone. She has Ahsoka. That's another story to be told where Ahsoka was uh, before this point. Uh, but they're off on their journey to find Ezra. And that was the conclusion. That you can hear to my voice. Uh, that's how I f get whenever I watch it. Or whenever I talk about it. Uh, it's honestly some of the most incredible Star Wars that has been produced. Um, but I'll wrap it up with what's next. The search for Ezra is out there. I had the pleasure to have Jonah Marie Macias on my show when we uh, did a mid-season review of Resistance. And because she is even more of a Rebels fan than me, uh, I asked her, uh, you little blueberry, Ezra, uh, that search is coming. We, we're going to get that material. Do you think it'll be an animated movie? Do you think it'll be a series? Um, yeah, she had her, um, her opinion about it, about a series. I think we may get that after Clone Wars is finished. Uh, maybe, you know, it doesn't have to be long, like a six-episode Search for Ezra-type series where, you know, it's about Sabine and Ahsoka on their journey, perhaps enlisting old friends. But then somewhere out there, far away, is Ezra and Thrawn. Uh, there's a lot of story to tell, and I can't wait. Uh, I think Jason still has a part to play, being so young. I mean, he'd be in his 30s um, during the era of the sequel movies of Resistance. Uh, it'd be nice to see him pop in at some point. And I still think there's there's great stories to be told with Hera. She's been in uh, the comic books in the Dr. Aphra series. I just get the feeling someday there'll be a, a nice novel that would pick up um, right after Rebels and about her responsibilities as a general and as a mother. Um, and then just, you know, what was her role after that? Would love to see that. But again, we got the proper wrap-up for so many of these characters and the possibilities for the other ones. And that's what's beautiful about this ending. I'll end it talking about Hondo Anaka. He's got a story to tell. Uh, as we found out recently, he is the proprietor of Onaka Transport Solutions on Batu, and he needs a crew for the Millennium Falcon. I love Hondo. The fact he's made it through all these series, he's been on every single animated series that they've done in the new era, and now he's a star at Disney World and Disneyland. So, I'll end it on that. Um, again, thank you for listening. Um, apologize for the emotion, but that's what Rebels meant to me. And I had to share the, uh, share my thoughts on it. Uh, if you liked what you heard, and you want a little more laid-back, not-so-serious talk, um, I do review Rebel, uh, Rebels. I do review Resistance every week. Uh, we're almost at the end of Season 1, but Season 2 is coming. I plan to review The Mandalorian. As I mentioned, I want to do a Mandalorian prep episode. 
I've done uh, book reviews, um, toy toy talk in the past. Um, I plan to have a full wrap up for San Diego San Diego Comic Con. Also, Star Wars Celebration. San Diego Comic Con's a ways away. I did that last year too. Um, but I will have a Star Wars Celebration talk. But again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you can follow me if you like on social media. Um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R. Uh, you may find all my episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud by searching Radio Dakar. Thank you for listening. Uh, but finally, thank you to uh, the cast and crew and everyone who created this show. If you happen to tune in today, I appreciate it. I hope I conveyed well enough um, how much I loved your show and the way it was concluded. Uh, It was beautiful, and I love the series. Uh, But that's it. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy all the other uh, Rebels Remembered material that has come out from other fans. Uh, I know it was beloved by so many, and I'm just a part of that. Uh, There's many, many wonderful stories to tell. But that is it. Uh, Hope to see you again soon. Until then, may the Force be with you.